I have to begin with a confession. Even though I'm obviously a political junkie and have been since junior high, I didn't even make it through three minutes of the State of the Union. Apparently, the highlight was at the end, Trump refused to shake Speaker Pelosi's hand, and later Speaker Pelosi ripped up her copy of Trump's speech. Candidly, unless Trump pulls down his pants and starts masturbating all over Vice Pastor Pence, which I'd actually pay to see, and I bet Mike Pence would too, I'm so over Trump and his merry band of enablers in Congress, the only thing I care about is Trump losing in November. Which brings me to the clusterfuck that was and is the Iowa caucus. Thank L. Ron Hubbard and the ancient aliens. I didn't wait to do last night's show until after the results came in. Mayor Pete and Bernie look good. Elizabeth Warren looks so-so and needs to rebound in New Hampshire. But she beat Biden, who came out looking really, really bad. His firewall, South Carolina, just might crumble. More on Biden when we get to the fishbowl. But my biggest fear is by the time the Democrats get to their convention in Milwaukee, that this entire nominating process is going to be a shit show of Franklin Graham biblical proportions. Without delving too deep into the minutiae, there's too many candidates. There's a very real possibility that Mayor Pete, Sanders, Warren, Biden, and Bloomberg, and maybe even Amy Klobuchar, just keep diluting each other's state-by-state -state delegate totals, and no one will have the required amount of delegates to secure the pre-convention nomination. Which means instead of Democrats coming together at the convention as a unified, albeit dysfunctional, but unified group committed to beating Trump in November, the whole fucking thing will turn into a Civil War bloodbath. And this Iowa debacle, this just might be an unfortunate tease for a prolonged and painful Democratic downward spiral, which is exactly what we don't want to make anything resembling music to Trump's spray-tanned ears. I do not like it when things begin with a bad omen, and I don't know how you can call Iowa a good omen. Well, hi there, Fish B, my extra-dimensional musical genius. Me and Fish B over there, we don't make podcasts. Oh, no, no. Anyone can make a podcast. Me and Fishby, we're over here making shows, and our mission is simple. We're just trying to make you smile and make you think. If we do that, high five me and Fishby into the show. Tonight, what's the correlation between bipolar and addiction? Do we owe someone at Fox News an apology? And Fishby questions my sexuality. Seriously, Fishby? It's 2020, sexuality is fluid. Why are we gonna... I guess we'll find out. Thank you for the hot lead. And now, Fishby, let us begin this show the only way we know how with question one. Which state should have the first primary or caucus if Iowa loses it? Yeah, there's a very real chance that this is, this is the last time 
that Iowa goes first. Iowa is way too white. They've obviously totally flubbed this one up. But I do like the low population in Iowa because it allows lesser-known candidates that they'll, they can rise up and the smaller media markets make for much cheaper commercials, thereby broadening the field. But I do think we need a more diverse state, which is more than likely going to have to include at least one big city. That's generally how one gets diversity. And then ideally, it also needs to be a swing state or a battleground state or a purple state. Florida's too big. That would just be TV advertising. Texas is too big, too, and it's not purple enough yet. What do you think? What about Georgia? You have Atlanta, you have Athens, and you have a whole lot of rural counties, too. So Georgia's kind of a good mix. Pennsylvania would be interesting, but Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, those are both big media markets, expensive commercials. Arizona is worth considering. Phoenix is the fifth largest media market in the nation, though. That would get expensive. Michigan? I've heard good thoughts about Michigan. Not only is it a diverse population, it's a swing state, but also that union blood is in the water, which forever has been the backbone of the Democratic Party. Maybe Michigan. I don't know what the Democrats are going to decide, but... They might just end up back in Iowa. What's next, Fishby? Why did Joe Biden do so poorly? Well, it's not because of Trump and Hunter and that whole mess. It's a combination of bad debate performances. He didn't do near as many events as his rivals, didn't work as hard. And that's why I've called Joe Biden in the past a turtle candidate. I mean, not like a Mitch McConnell turtle. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a turtle. Like he's scared to come out of his shell. Like in the politics game, those Sunday shows, whether you watch them or not, they're kind of a big deal. You meet the press and Chris Wallace's show on Fox and Face the Nation. And this week with George Stephanopoulos. Kind of a big deal, those shows. You know how many of those shows Biden went on so far during this whole election process? You know how many shows he's... You want to guess? You want to guess how many he's been on? Zero. Zero. Joe Biden is literally running for president scared. And that's not going to work. Americans, we tend to gravitate towards bold things. Just in general, we like bold things. And Democrats do better with new things, like Bill Clinton. He was new on the scene. He came in third in Iowa, this unknown governor from Arkansas. Obama obviously knew. And then where did the Democrats lose? Hillary, everybody knew her. John Kerry, everyone knew him. Al Gore, the vice president, everyone knew him. They all lost. I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. What's next, Fish B? Yo, it's me, Fish B. Oh, great. Here we go. When you say you're 49% chick 
Is that a cute way of saying you're bisexual? No, Fishby. It's not a cute way of saying I'm bisexual. I wish I was bisexual. If I was bisexual, I'd be getting laid all the time. Bisexuals haven't made. The whole dating spectrum is their oyster. What could be more glorious than that, than being attracted to everybody? Like, that would be awesome. But unfortunately, uh, the good Lord did not bless me in that way. I'm 49% chick, and as I've said before, I don't know precisely what that means, I just know that I'm significantly less macho or masculine, however you want to define it, than every other single dude I've ever met in my life. I'm just, I'm sensitive. I am. What's next, Fishby? I'm not bisexual. What's next? Why does bipolar illness and drug addiction so often go together? Yeah, this was our uh, this was our leftover from last night, and uh, honestly, as I always try to be, because um, in the manic episodes, they're almost not only defined by your inability to sleep and delusions of grandeur, but also people do seriously bad things, make seriously bad decisions, like quit jobs and end relationships and blow money with reckless abandon. They're also sexually reckless. And also, in that state of mind, willing to try drugs, you're not making good decisions. And then bipolar, you spend significantly more time depressed than you do manic. And the depression is just so awful. It's the physical pain combined with the mental anguish. Just absolutely, completely desperate. I mean, there's been so many nights in my life where I literally, like, I'm so suicidal. Like, it's, I just have to tell myself to get through the next five minutes. And then I do that. And then I get through the next five minutes. And then I get through the next five minutes without inflicting harm upon myself. And when you're in that state of mind, you'll do anything to relieve that pain, including drugs that you've tried before, or maybe even not. You're just so desperate to get out of it. And then that brings you up a little bit, but then that when you come down, it drops you off even further more depressed than you were before you took the drugs, and a vicious cycle ensues. And while I'm not a licensed mental health care professional... I have been in enough hospitals and done enough therapy with enough different doctors in enough different states that I feel pretty confident in that response. What's next, Fishby? Don't you owe Fox News Tommy Lairn an apology for referring to her as a spokesmodel? In fairness to me, I... I mean, yeah, I refer to her as Fox News spokesmodel, but I also refer to her as a blowhard. So she's not she's not just a spokesmodel. And if she wasn't making old white guys juices flow, do you really think she'd be on TV? No, she wouldn't. She'd be just another angry person on social media. Maybe she'd have a blog, maybe even a podcast. <laughs> However, I, I would be willing to apologize to Tommy Lahren under one single circumstance. And that's if, if someone I respect 
tells me she's the hardest worker in the building, that she's got unrivaled and unmatched work ethic, I would absolutely eat my words, apologize, and take her out to whatever she wanted. I would absolutely do that if she's the hardest worker in the building or is she just the youngest blonde in the building. What's next? When does your girl Klobuchar get out of the race? Uh, I mean, she came in fifth. She did come in fifth, which is not the third we were hoping for, my girl Klobuchar. But she's just barely behind Joe Biden and her name recognition. She, she's just getting there. For Klobuchar, it, it's all about trend line. Is she going to go up or is she going to go down? New Hampshire's next Tuesday. Will she slightly improve? Will the trend line go up? And then the Nevada caucuses on the 22nd, South Carolina primary on the 29th. She might get out after New Hampshire. Maybe make it to Nevada, unless, unless she starts to get some real traction. We will see what happens with uh, my favorite candidate. I've, I like Mayor Pete. I, and Bernie, I like. I just don't think Bernie can actually win. What's next, Fishby? Why does it matter if your LinkedIn page sucks? Uh, well, you know what? That's actually kind of, uh, that's going to take me a moment to explain to, and I don't feel like thinking about my LinkedIn page right now. So no one look at it. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and we'll get back to that question tomorrow. Throw that back in the fishbowl for tomorrow. Also tomorrow, here's a tease for you. I'll give you the perfect Valentine's gift. Don't know what to get for Valentine's. It's a week from Friday. The perfect Valentine's gift plus why my LinkedIn page sucks. We'll, we'll do that uh, in the fishbowl tomorrow. What's next? Who's giving the Democratic response to the State of the Union? See? Usually the State of the Union is a big deal, but do you know? Do you know who's giving the official State of the Union Democratic response? Now, we're on an honor system here, but the next time I see you, I'll buy your first drink if you know. If you seriously know, and nobody do, I don't think. Because uh, what if I told you Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Yes, that Gretchen Whitmer, the Michigan governor, she's giving the Democratic response. And then Representative Veronica Escobar, who I've heard of, she's in, uh, she's in Beto O'Rourke's old seat. Uh, she's giving uh, hers from a uh, health clinic in El Paso, and she's doing the Spanish version. So uh, Gretchen Whitmer, and again, yes, that Gretchen Whitmer, and Representative Veronica Escobar. Oh, and there's Isaiah's music, which means we've arrived at the fishbowl's final question, as always comes from our nine-year-old executive producer, Isaiah the Tiny Plant. And tonight, Isaiah writes, what's your most annoying habit? What's my, I mean, this, this is better to ask someone that knows me well, like, uh, like Fish B, for example. Uh, I chew nicotine gum, like, constantly, like I always have nicotine gum going, but that's not as annoying as smoking. 
I'm very particular about my shoes. Not only do they have to be clean, I've never in my entire life put on my right shoe before my left, and one time I almost kicked a nurse over it. Uh, she probably thought that habit was annoying. Uh, I, I won't use a new notebook until I decorate it. My notebook right now, I just got like a month ago, and I think it's my luckiest notebook yet because I put 17 17s on it. I'm obsessed with the number 17, which reminds me, uh, I always keep 21,317 unopened emails on my phone. Why? Because that's a lucky number, and I'm obsessed with 17s. I'm addicted to water, but that's not annoying. Uh, I've actually, here, here, I know the answer. I've actually, I am in the process of developing a brand new OCD, some kind of Feng Shui Marie Kondo OCD, where everything has to be lined up, facing the right direction, and on a straight line, and at a right angle, and with the proper exact spacing, because each entity has its own energy. And like, I'm obsessed with it, like my bedroom and my bathroom, like they have to be that way, and it's becoming a little obnoxious. I'm starting to annoy myself with that, but I can't get out of it. It's just easier for me to think when everything around me is organized. And now, my friends, th thank you, Isaiah, for the question. And, uh, and now, my friends, time now for the artist formerly known as Paleta Bola de Fuego and the finale. Kick it, Fishby. Michael Bloomberg is going to double his presidential ad spending after the Iowa debacle, and he's already spent $300 million. And we're going to find out if the highest office in the land can be bought. A contestant on The Bachelor somehow won a Cosmo cover on the show, and Cosmo took it away because of some White Lives Matter modeling in her past, and Cosmo was right, as always, like Starburst gives you the most kissable mouth and a girl's guide to anal. Megan the Stallion wants the whole world to know she's not fucking G-Eazy, and that's the correct call, and I still don't know what Halsey was thinking. A Florida human was arrested for speeding with a bag full of drugs that was clearly labeled a bag full of drugs printed on the bag. And that's basically Florida. And furthermore, you cannot trust a state where it's easier to score blow than weed. Fucking Florida. YouTube made $15 billion on advertising last year, and that's more than the three original national broadcast companies combined, and that's even without Michael Bloomberg. Wendy's starts serving breakfast on March 2nd, and yes, there's a breakfast baconator. Trump is awarding Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom, and even though I respect the hell out of his show, and I sincerely hope he recovers, that's a bridge too far. Allegedly, according to math, new Batman Robert Pattinson is the hottest man in the world, and I won't believe that math until the Yang Gang and Cosmo confirm it. The Harvey Weinstein jury had to look at nude pictures of Harvey, and that's more stomach-turning than beautiful, clean coal. And lastly, PETA is ending its decade-old I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaign, and that's the end of an era. And I'm glad they never asked Harvey Weinstein. 
And he didn't really ask anyone anyways. That monster. And now I can't get that naked image out of my head. That Jerry's gonna have non-military PTSD. And require therapy. And so are we. If I don't shut up. Thank you, Fishby. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for another show. Uh, if you haven't subscribed or followed or whatever, feel free to do that. Truth be told, I'm not in charge of you. You, you do whatever you marijuana. Uh, we're easy to find on social media, at Bob Van Dyne or at Bob's Fishbowl. Heck, even check out bobsfishbowl.com. Till manana, perfect Valentine's present. What is it? Find out tomorrow. Say adios, fish bait.